Hello listeners, this is Krishna with Hindu Lit, a podcast where I narrate to you, the listener, stories from Indian literature, including legends, mythologies, and history. Today's story is a continuation of the events that led to the celebration of the festival Ganesha Chaturthi. In the last episode, I talked about Lord Ganesha, the half-man, half-elephant god, and how he came to be created. Shiva had restored life to the young son of Parvati by attaching the head of an elephant to the young boy's body. Shiva then appointed the young boy as a leader of his ganas and thus the boy came to be known as Ganesha, the leader of Shiva's ganas. Ganesha loved food and he enjoyed eating a lot. He soon grew a pot belly. One day, Parvati made some modak, a sweet dish. She gave this sweet to Shiva and Ganesha. Ganesha devoured the sweet as he enjoyed it very much. Ganesha kept eating and consuming the sweets. After eating the sweets, Ganesha had a hard time getting up and moving about. Shiva has long hair and he is depicted as tying that hair up in a bun at the top of his head. Chandra, the moon, rests on top of Shiva's head at the bun. Chandra is one of the most beautiful among the gods and the constant praise and admiration that he receives about his beauty made him very vain. When he saw Ganesha moving about clumsily with his long trunk and pot belly filled with food, Chandra laughed at Ganesha derisively. Hearing this, Ganesha glared at Chandra in anger. He said, O Chandra, in your vanity and arrogance you mock me. So proud are you of your glow? I curse you that henceforth you will no longer glow and anyone who looks at you will befall a calamity and be falsely accused. Immediately the moon changed, no longer bright and shining, and instead turned dark. The moon immediately pleaded for forgiveness. Ganesha, mollified, realized that perhaps he had acted rashly. He said, I cannot remove your curse, but I can make it less. Henceforth, your brightness will decrease slowly and then increase again on a repeated basis. In addition, the negative effect of the curse will only affect people on this day every year. News of the curse traveled the world and it reached the kingdom of Krishna in the Dwapara Yuga, the third epoch of time in Indian literature. Lord Krishna is revered and prayed to by many people in India as a god, but more specifically he is considered an avatar of one of the Trimurtis, Vishnu. I will go over the Trimurtis and Vishnu in more detail and what an avatar is as well in a future podcast. 
but stated simply an avatar is a form of a supreme being on earth this avatar is often very powerful and capable of extraordinary feats but he or she or it may be limited in some manner in the execution of their powers based on the role that the avatar is meant to play and yes unlike the anglicized pronunciation in james cameron's movie avatar or the excellent children's cartoon avatar the last airbender the correct pronunciation is avatar and not avatar lord krishna was a royal in the island city dwaraka he then informed his subjects of the curse and commanded them to not look at the moon during the time of ganesha chaturthi every year a few years passed with nothing eventful occurring among the citizens of dwaraka who obeyed the command of krishna the sun is celebrated in india as auspicious as it gives the earth its energy and allows vegetation to grow allowing for good crops since india has long been an agricultural nation good crops are essential to good health and prosperity of the nation and its citizens during krishna's reign there was a nobleman named satrajit pronounced satrajit he was a devotee of surya the sun god he made a habit to get up early in the morning and prayed to the sun until surya rose and shined his rays on him after a long period of such regular practice the sun god surya pleased at the devotion of satrajit appeared in corporeal form before satrajit however satrajit could not look at surya with his eyes as surya's rays were blinding so instead he prostrated himself before surya and asked for his blessing Surya then removed a necklace with a beautiful jewel called the Syamantaka jewel from his neck. He told Satrajit that he he clasped the jewel when he prayed every morning at the end of his prayer it would produce 8 bharas of gold. An editorial note 8 bharas is said to be about 77 kilograms. After blessing Satrajit as surya left satrajit got up and wore the syamantaka jewel his face shone bright and exuberant like the sun happy and pleased with himself he returned home as he was returning home the citizens of dwaraka were surprised to see satrajit walking while shining brightly like the sun so sharp was the light the citizens had to wince to look at him some of the citizens ran to krishna and they explained satrajit appears to be possessed by the sun he is shining brightly hearing this krishna said satrajit must have acquired the syamantaka jewel from surya that is why he is shining so brightly this is a good thing 
With that, he dismissed the crowd. The next day, Satyajit resumed his regular prayers to Surya. At the end of this prayer, lo, eight bars of gold appeared out of thin air. Satyajit, overjoyed, took the gold to his home. He was generous with his gold and as a nobleman, dispersed the gold in a manner that improved the lives of the people under his command. Satyajit himself became a very wealthy noble. After a while, Krishna, seeing the prosperity of Satrajit with the Simantaka jewel, decided to invite Satrajit to the palace. He wanted to ask Satrajit to donate the jewel to his grandfather Ugrasena, who was the king of Dwaraka. He thought that the prosperity that Satrajit achieved from the Simantaka jewel might prove to be beneficial to the larger kingdom of Dwaraka under Ugrasena's command. Satrajit accepted Krishna's invitation and visited the palace. When he arrived at the palace, Krishna treated him cordially and after some conversation asked Satrajit, Satrajit, you have been blessed by Surya with the Syamantaka jewel. The jewel has made you wealthy and your clan prosperous. Would you consider donating the jewel to King Ugrasena as this wealth would greatly improve the prosperity of the kingdom? Satrajit, who had perhaps gotten attached to the jewel and suspecting that Krishna had ulterior motives, refused. He said, Krishna, the Simantaka jewel is mine. I will not give the jewel to Ugrasena. With that, Satrajit left the palace hall. Krishna was disappointed, but he did not pursue this further as he felt that this must be a decision by Satrajit himself and that he should not impose his command as a royal requiring Satrajit to hand over the jewel, despite the good that the jewel could do for the kingdom. Sometime later, the cursed day of the moon arrived. Announcements spread across Dwaraka that no one should look at the moon on that night. Krishna after retiring from his royal duties for the day, decided to spend some time with his wife, Rukmini. The palace in ancient times had large openings to peer outside and allow airflow. Krishna sat in a bed near one such opening. Rukmini brought him a cup of milk to quench his thirst. When Krishna peered into the cup, he saw the crescent moon's reflection in the drink. Taken by surprise and realizing that he had looked at the moon on the day of the curse, he lamented to Rukmini that some ill might befall him and Dwaraka. A few days later, Satraji's brother, Prasena, wanted to go to the forest to hunt. He asked Satrajit if he could wear the Syamantaka jewel while he was hunting. Satrajit agreed and lent the jewel to his brother. Prasena wore the necklace and rode to the forest to hunt. He climbed a tree and perched himself on a branch ready to hunt. Suddenly, he saw a lion on the ground. Startled, he slipped and fell off the tree, where the lion attacked 
and killed him. As the lion disemboweled his body, its attention went towards the jewel. It ripped it off the dead Prasena's neck with its mouth and carried it back towards its den. As it was returning to its den, it encountered a being that had the posture of a man but the face and fur of a black bear. This was Jambavana. Jambavana is a character who we will hear in a few stories across multiple yugas or epochs. He plays a major role in the era of King Rama. Jambavana sees the lion with this Yamantaka jewel in its mouth. Thinking that the jewel would make for a lovely gift to his children, he attacked the lion and killed it. Jambavana takes the Simantaka jewel to a cave where he, his wife and children lived and gives the necklace to his young child. When Prasena didn't return at the end of the day, Satrajit grew worried. He believed that Krishna had killed his brother to procure the jewel for his own purposes. The news of Prasena's death and the notion that Satrajit suspected him as the murderer reached Krishna. Realizing that this was an effect of the curse and wanting to clear his name, Krishna set out to the forest with a few other men in search of Prasena. Eventually, they found Prasena's body. He was dead and based on the marks on his body and footprints on the ground, they realized that a lion had killed Prasena. They followed the tracks of the lion only to find something had killed the lion as well. They followed the tracks of that someone to a cave. When they approached the cave, they heard some beastly noises. Some of the men who came with Krishna feared for their lives. Krishna then told them to wait outside the cave while he went in and found the necklace. Krishna quietly entered the cave. As he was sneaking through, he saw the Samantaka jewel near a child with a bare face and fur. He approached the child slowly, without startling it to grab the jewel. However, just as he reached for the jewel, a scream echoed across the cave. Jambavan's daughter saw Krishna and screamed for help. Jambavan came roaring to where his daughter and Krishna were. Seeing Krishna with the jewel, he attacked. Krishna and Jambavan fought viciously. They wrestled with their bare hands, they hurled rocks from the cave at each other, and they ripped tree roots from the ground and used them as clubs against each other. The fighting in the cave resulted in loud noises that echoed outside the cave. Krishna's men grew fearful and worried for his safety. The fight continued for several days and was brutal. Blood poured out of the cave. Seeing this blood and believing that Krishna had died, 
his men decided to return to the capital. Once at the capital, they delivered the bad news to King Ugrasena and to Krishna's wives. The city of Dwaraka and its citizens fell into a gloom of sadness at this news as Krishna was beloved by all. Krishna, however, was still alive. He and Jambavana continued to fight for several days. Jambavana could not overcome Krishna. Amazed at the supernatural strength for a man and on the verge of defeat, he looked deeper and realized that Krishna was in fact his friend and lord, King Rama, from a prior birth. Realizing this, he relented and admitted defeat. An editorial note. Many Indians, particularly Hindus, believe in a concept called reincarnation. That is that while human life is not permanent, the soul lives on forever and moves from one life to another. And because of this, a person may be able to remember events from their past lives. Others believe that reincarnation as a concept may not refer to a soul existing forever, but instead refers to energy that is the human being changing from one form to another, ever existing and everlasting. I will cover reincarnation in more detail in a future broadcast. Krishna acknowledged Jambavana and then told him that he needed to take this Yamantaka jewel from him. He explained to Jambavana the events that led to Prasena's death and the need to return the jewel to Satyajit and clear his name. Jambavana agreed to give the jewel to Krishna. In addition, he called his daughter Jambavati and gave her hand in marriage to Krishna. Krishna accepted this offer and married Jambavati right there. When he stepped out from the cave with Jambavati, he saw that his men were no longer there. He then proceeded to his kingdom with Jambavati and the jewel. When Krishna arrived back to the palace, the city was overjoyed. His wives were pleased to see him return and were overjoyed at having Jambavati join their ranks. Krishna then sent for Satrajit. When Satrajit arrived, Krishna handed the jewel to him and informed him of his brother's death. He also explained that he had never stolen the jewel from Prasena and that he was returning the jewel back to Satrajit. Satrajit, sad at Prasena's death and ashamed of accusing Krishna of such a terrible crime, told Krishna that he could keep the jewel and that he was sorry to think that Krishna had ulterior motives and for accusing him of killing Prasena and stealing the jewel. Krishna forgave Satyajit and told him that he could keep the jewel and instead give the gold that he got daily to Ugrasena so that it could be used for the welfare of the citizens of the kingdom. Satyajit 
then offered the hand of his daughter Satyabhama in marriage. Krishna accepted and then Satrajit left. Thus, Krishna was able to absolve himself from the curse that was placed on him for seeing the moon. Krishna said, With my power, whosoever reads the story of Ganesha's birth, the cause of the curse on the moon, and the story of the Syamantaka jewel on this day, as a homage to Lord Ganesha, will be spared from serious harm if they see the moon. This two-part podcast story, which includes the birth of Ganesha, the curse on the moon, and the trial of Krishna with this Yamantaka jewel are narrated together during the Ganesha Chaturthi. Hindus in India make a clay idol of Ganesha, decorated with flowers, add some colorful clothing and markings. They also make special dishes and sweets which are first offered to Ganesha. A member of the household, usually the father, reads the story on this day and the other members of the household listen to the story. People are still advised to not look at the moon. However, it is believed that if the person has heard the story from beginning to end on this day, then evil will not befall them or will be minimized. After the conclusion of the festival, the clay idol is submerged in water until it dissolves and then the water is poured onto the ground typically where there may be some vegetation. That ends our two-part podcast story on Ganesha Chaturthi. Thank you and join us next time.